In a world where it seems like there's so much going wrong, I want you to see the people who are spending their lives doing and seeing the good. Welcome to the Doing Good Podcast, where we discuss the stories of people who are changing the world in their own way. I'm your host, Carmen Herbert. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Doing Good. Today on the podcast, I am so excited to have my friend Sarah Nita join me. Okay, so Sarah and I go way back. We've known each other since junior high, which she reminded me of today. She's like, don't you remember we had a math class in (laughs) junior high with Mr. Mangrum? And we would do talent shows in this math class. So we're going to talk about that for sure. But we've known each other for years. And then... I went off and did an American Idol journey and Sarah Nita went off and did The Biggest Loser. And she is now an awesome advocate for food addiction, IVF. She shares funny stories about her children on Instagram. She is just so much fun. And I'm so grateful to be reconnected with her. Sarah, welcome to Doing Good. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So seriously, when, so we first started talking, we haven't talked in, I mean, since high school, probably, right? For sure, like, which is 20, 20 years. years, 20 yes. years. And we started messaging on Instagram when I received, I had plastic surgery a year ago, a full abdominoplasty. And Sarah was looking into plastic surgery too. So we were messaging each other about that. And then like little pieces started to click in like, oh wait, okay. So biggest loser, and then, oh, wait, but I know her. But so I'm funny. like, God, like, Carmen, you know me. Yes. I know. I'm like, hi, Sarah. Like, my name is Carmen. And you're like, I know. <laughs> yep. I I'm know. Like, you don't you remember math class when we no. get our teacher? I don't to remember. Do talent shows. I don't remember anything. Not do I don't remember anything from my past life. No, it's like, <laughs> I don't know if you feel the same, but it's like, it's like life pre idol. And then idol was its own world reality on world yes it's its own thing it's like that i lived and i died on that show yes and then it's post idol married with children and it's so weird it doesn't cross over like no no, it doesn't it's three separate carmens and i want to know how let's talk about that first of all so it's honestly it's 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 hard to explain to people who have never been on a reality TV show. It's different even than like a working TV show, like a job yes. that you are hired for. It's the strangest thing. So I want to know, well, I guess let's go back before we yeah. ask that question. Let's talk about Sarah growing up and how you, how did you view yourself as a child? Did you struggle with body image? Was weight always something that you thought about? Like, let's talk about how you were building up to eventually becoming a contestant on Biggest Loser yeah. and your life changed. Yeah, I think it was actually really shocking for people when I announced even to family and my husband everything like, hey, I think I'm going to audition for Biggest Loser because sure. my weight was something that I clearly struggled with, but I didn't talk about it. So it was, you know, my mom was an obsessive dieter and brought so much attention to it and I and and didn't change, didn't really do anything about it. She was unhappy on a diet, happy not on a diet, you know, all these just yeah. so watching from afar. I was like, Ugh, I just, just yeah. I didn't, you know, I didn't like that. And I really, I was, I didn't want to be associated with my weight, you know? Yeah. And so yep. in fact, I remember entering junior high and, you know, brand new school brand. I was in Spanish class for the first time and I didn't know. Mueller Park Junior High. Ju- Mueller Park Junior High. And, <laughs> and I ended up like, saying something out loud. I said something funny in out loud in class and everyone laughed. And I was like, 
it was like this, I mean, not like a conscious thing, but like in the moment, I feel like I, I realized that I could make people not see my weight. Like they weren't laughing at my body. They were laughing because yes. it was just being funny. And it became this like, oh, maybe I could hide my weight with my personality. Maybe if I'm nice enough and friendly enough and funny yeah. enough, people yep. will see it. You know what I mean? And so, yes. and that, that I think became like my identity. I was kind of like this big, fun, f- friendly girl instead of like bringing attention and focus to it, you know? Yes. And so I ended up, you know, but I always struggled. Like I didn't yeah. know how to deal with emotional hard things, you know, like right. I didn't know. And I definitely was like sneaking food a little bit and, yeah. you know, in high school and stuff, but it didn't hit hard until college. And I had like a really bad breakup in college and yeah. just didn't know what to do with those really big hard emotions. And I started you know, and this is also my first time having access to my own car and money. And, you know, so I started having these behaviors with food that were scary to me and embarrassing, really embarrassing, because I could swear to you, I was the only one on the planet that did things like this, you know, drive through and get food and hide and eat it in my car in secret, and then still go home and have dinner with my roommates or, you know, things like that. And just became very, very ashamed of how I behaved with food, but really not understanding at all, you know? And, you know, to skip ahead a little bit, I ended up, I ended up serving a mission and at, you know, I, I am a rule follower. I'm an obedient girl. And as a missionary, you are required to exercise 30 minutes a day. And like, you will think I'm lying, but I'm not. I had never exercised a day in my life. Like I just, terrified of physical activity. I felt like people would notice how out of shape I was or, you know, if I, any, like I got out of running the mile somehow in gym every year. I had, I just was so uncomfortable with exercise, but it was a rule. I had to do it. And so I started doing it and it was just like, you know, okay, I had companions that were runners. And so we would go and I would walk and just build up. And then one day I was like, maybe maybe today I'm going to run. And I, and I ran and I I ran like an eighth of a mile. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm an athlete. Like, this is crazy. I'm a runner, (laughs) you know? And so, and I just would increase and came home from my mission. I was running like three miles every morning. And I was like, yeah, I should be like an Olympian. Like, this is insane. Like, I can't really do this. (laughs) Um, And, but because of that, like, I also didn't like the the food, you know, the, I was I'm I have like a top a palate of like a toddler. So where did you serve your mission? I served in South Texas, and so oh, you know, so there was a lot food. of good Mexican food, but then yeah. a lot of different things that were challenging for me. Yeah. And so I wasn't eating as much. I was exercising more, you know. So my body composition was changing, and so I came home having lost weight. Do you want me to just keep going? I'm just that's, no, and that's amazing because a lot of people. <laughs> gain weight on their missions. I mean, yeah. so that's Most like- Most of the sisters did, you know. That is amazing. Well, well okay, let me stop you right there before. Okay. So first of all, I want to go back to something that you said earlier in junior high that you found your identity of being like the funny, happy girl to hide something that you were insecure about. And yeah. I, it's so interesting you say that because I think everybody, junior high is like, <laughs> it is so difficult. It's like the armpit of life. Like junior right. high is <laughs> so hard. And I I relate so much to what you said that 
I did the same thing, but mine was, mine was, I had horrible, really bad acne, like terrible, Mm. terrible acne. And I was, I was really scrawny and didn't have a figure at all. Yeah, you were, you were little. I was (laughs) little and, and, and girls and boys would kind of tease me for that. Yeah. Isn't that funny that it's like, you have to have the perfect body. Yeah. Curvy, not too slim, not too curvy. And nobody gets that. Nobody gets that. It's impossible. You were either a little bit bigger, a little bit smaller, or we don't yeah. have a chest, or we have too much of a chest, or whatever. Yeah. And it was so hard to to feel like, well, so that's when I would like sing for people. And so like in gym class and whatever, they'd be like bored or whatever, and I'd sing. And so in math class, Mr. Mangrum's math class, we convinced <laughs> our math teacher to do talent shows like on test days. I don't know how we I this is why I do not know geometry like to this day, is because we did not learn geometry. Not at all. Not at all. <laughs> Sometimes he'd fall asleep in the back. We'd like get the practice test and just copy it. And he's like, whatever. Like what? he did not go burn out. He's like, whatever you want. <laughs> he's like, do whatever you want. So we would have these talent shows and I would sing. And 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 it's so funny. You reminded me like, don't you remember yodeling? You and would I'm yodel. Like, yes, I would yodel. You thought it was the coolest thing in the world. It was so, so <laughs> awesome. Can you even imagine? It was so horrible. But no, it was like my thing. Like she's right. the girl that can yodel and she's the girl that sings. So instead of like, ooh, she's the... Because I in ninth grade, I started getting unkind nicknames. And one of them, this boy called me Pimple Cheeks. And it was so hard, but it was like, okay, I may, my face may be really bad, but, but I'm a really good singer. Like yeah. that's my identity. And for you, like, and okay, people know it. People, and people know it. They know me. Like I would do all the talent shows. I did yes. con- madrigals and the, you know, honor choir and I, yeah. all those things. And I remember thinking one day, like if one thing was taken, what would be the one thing if it was taken away from me that would be most devastating to lose like anything. And it was my voice because I based my entire identity around my voice. Similar to what you probably, you're like, it's my personality. I'm the funny girl. I'm the girl everyone wants to be around. I'm like, oh, Sarah's so funny and she's so nice. Not knowing like, okay, but there might be pain. But there's pain in there. Yeah. Totally. And then it's when, when the one thing that identifies you is like called out like on American Idol when not now I'm being criticized for my <laughs> voice too. It's like, then who am I? And yeah. I had to honestly go through this like soul searching journey. I know it sounds like so dramatic and, but it's true of I am, I'm not just my voice, just like you are not just your body, even though yeah. that's like what defined us for so long. So after your mission and, and, and you, you're getting in shape and you're feeling great and like, okay, like I'm, I'm taking control and I'm, what did, how, tell me how Biggest Loser came about. Like, so, well, what happened was, so after my mission, I came home and I was working and I, I was working on state off of state street in Orem. Oh, and I left work one day and I, you know, checked. No cars are coming. So I went ahead and pulled out. Well, there was a van illegally parked right there on State Street. So a car w- was coming, but it was blocked by this oh, van. Like, yeah. yeah. So I literally pulled out right in front of a car that was going 60 miles an hour. So I pulled out, T-boned, you know, right on my side. And it pushed the car 66 feet. Like it was like this car was flying and I went right in front of it. 
So it pinched me into 10 inches. I was pinched between the door and the middle console. So my pelvis just broke in four different places, broke through my sacral joint. It was, it was just this insane car accident. And, you know, it, I was fine. They life flighted me to the U. I don't remember any, any of this, but you don't at the U for a long time. And then they moved me to the same old folks home that we used to go sing at in Bountiful. <laughs> no way. Yes. And my right, Nelson, Brooklyn Custard. <laughs> Oh my so we lived, I lived there for a couple months because it's like a skilled nursing home. So they they like also heal people. So no, I did not even know like under I seven either. a while I was there. You wheeled me on the wow. on the gurney, and I was like, I'm like, yeah, there's a very specific smell. All old people air about my grand. Like it's just at houses. I don't know. Like once you turn eighty, you have to start wearing a very specific perfume or washing with yes. a very specific soap. And everyone has to, and it's mandatory. It just it magically is. shows up on your door and it says, "This is now what you smell like." <laughs> exactly what it was, and I was like, "I know where I am. I know where I am." <laughs> anyway, so that is, you know, that's a different story. That was an incredible time of life, actually, because I was wow. very, very broken. You know, I had to learn how to walk again. I went through a wow, lot. Literally. Yeah. And, and, but it was a really cool, a really cool experience. And I think I have to touch on it because it, it does shape wow. a lot of who, who I am and who I know that I am. Yes. Because, and I really, there's not, I guess there's not much of an explanation because I can't explain it very well. Other than the heavens opened and Heavenly Father placed upon me a gift to be able to see myself and everyone that entered my room differently. It was like I saw things with like with greater divine glasses on, you know, I, I was yeah, able they to really see. are. It was so incredible because wow. and it wasn't in a it was not like I am so great because of me. It was like Heavenly Father created me. Like everything that I am, good and bad, is because He created me in wow. this way for a purpose, you know? And it was so beautiful because I just, I mean, I could, it was like I almost could like see people's light when they walked in, you know? Yes. I mean, it was so cool. And I just was filled with so much Christ like love for everyone, including myself, which was such a beautiful thing because. There, you know, we are meant to understand whose we are. Yeah. You know? Like yeah. that is it would and and again, like this did not come from me. I am there was no, you know, nothing that I did. It was just a gift that was given to me to be able to to see myself differently during this time. And anyway, I ended up like, you know, getting to the point where I could walk again. I did a super intensive therapy for months. And I ended up meeting my husband, like right around this time i my insurance changed we had to leave the care center and go and i started recovering at home same situation you know they like put a hospital bed in there the nurses would come there yeah. and so i was healing at home and it was during that time that i met my husband and he came i'm like in a wheelchair and like basketball shorts and you know dorky as ever but you know like he he is a really great guy, like really, really great. And I honestly don't think we would have spiritually matched if I was not in that place. Oh, that's interesting. Gift, you know, I just think like that was, it was so, and I think like the, my confidence in, in, like I said, in who I was and what I could bring to the table. And, and, you know, I think that was 
so necessary for me to be able to enter this marriage, you know, like, yes. Anyway, so, so that just, that, that happened. We fell in love quickly and we got married and I had, you know, I'm like in a wheelchair. <laughs> I was, I was able to be out of my wheelchair for, for, by the wedding, but oh my gosh. anyway. Well, and I just have to stop really fast that that says so much about him too, of seeing you who you really are. Like I, 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 I love, I was listening to a, a talk recently and I wish I could remember it, it's, are you still willing? And it was from the October general conference. And anyway, he talks about the Holy ghost and being able to see things and people as they really are and to see them, how heavenly father sees them. It's, it, it, it's through his eyes and lenses. And that, yeah. that was an incredible gift you were given and your husband that he was able to see Sarah and not like, Oh, she's in a wheelchair and what's yeah. like, and how she, it was like, I love her for her. Like that is that does say a lot of that's pretty incredible. It says, Oh, I love that. Yes, you're right. Let's give him some credit too. Yes, <laughs> we were both being prepared for each other. That's amazing. Yes, it was so good. Anyway, so we ended up, and you know, through this whole thing, like I had also continued to lose weight through recovery because yeah. here I, you know, was sick. Yep. And anyway, so not that I was at an ideal body weight by any means, but I was better than I had been. And yeah. again, I did not talk about it. In fact, I was like, he doesn't ever have to know that I've struggled with weight my whole life. In fact, I will just never tell him. And it's okay because then when I heal, I'll just go back to the runner that I am. <laughs> yeah, right. Right. And then, and then I'll, you know, just keep losing weight and he'll never have to know. Yes. I just, I mean, what a dream world, right? To just never have to struggle again. Anyway, we got married. We decided we wanted to start a family right away. And so I got pregnant like within three months of being married and we were so happy and I ended up miscarrying. And I, once again, found myself in a position that I had no idea how to handle hard things. Yeah. Negative emotion because I, I strongly believed, and I still do believe, that when we're given these hardships, these hard things to go through, there it, it is for our good, right? Like yes. there, I and I knew that and believed it so much that I didn't feel like it was okay to feel the negative stuff. And I'm so glad to know now that it can be both. We can yeah. understand that the Lord is blessing us and that we will receive what's necessary through the hard things. And we can be really disappointed. Yes. We can be, you know, heartbroken through this. In fact, like I think about, you know, Christ knew what was going to happen to Lazarus and he still cried through it. Like, yes. you know, even knowing like it's okay to be heartbroken and be disappointed and be confused and not know why yes. and still know that it's going to be okay, that it is part of the Lord's plan. Anyway, but I, but that was not that was not part of me then. I didn't know like it was okay to feel the hard stuff. So I was like, shove that down. Nope. I'm so blessed. I'm so blessed. I'm okay. Yep. You know, and went back to like buying food at, on the way to work, hiding it in my desk, hiding wrappers in the garbage so that my, you know, like stuffing them down so that people wouldn't see like these behaviors that I'm like, this is not normal. And nobody else does this. This is just me. Like something's wrong with me. You know, why did you feel what, so explain that a little bit to me, Sarah. Why did you feel like you had to hide it? Were you afraid that then they'd say that they would judge you for it or that they would tell you you were doing something wrong? Like what is the mentality that goes behind 
hiding the food and not opening being like, I'm going to have a milkshake and fries. So sue me instead of like, I'm not, I'm going to keep this a secret. Yeah. I think because of the excessiveness of it, I knew that it was out of the bounds of normal. Like, you know, it wasn't like, I'm going to have a milkshake and fries for lunch. Okay. So sue me. It was like, I'm going to have a milkshake and fries before my lunch and then have lunch with you and then eat candy and chips and whatever after. Like it was so, because I just had to keep coming. I was like constant. It was, I was constantly searching for more and more and more. And more. Com- is it a comfort thing? Is it like the sensory sensation of eating and digesting? Like what was the feeling that you were trying to get out of eating food? So it's interesting because it, because I think it was the, it's like this consistency, like, like okay. never ending. And it's, it's so hard to explain years down the road. I remember waiting for my husband to get home from, from work so that I could leave the girls so that I could go to the store and and get the item that I had in my mind, you know, and I made up some excuse when he got, I have to run to the store for something. And I was driving down the road and I can like see it in my mind when I realized, oh my gosh, I'm chasing a fix. Uh I am behaving like a drug addict. And it was like in that moment that I was like, can I go to rehab? Like, like this is not normal. But again, I did not know about food addiction. I did not know that some people react to food like some people react to alcohol yeah. or drugs. Like or I did pornography. Know. Yeah. Yes. Or pornography yeah. or any and it doesn't matter what the substance is. Like yep. if there's the addictive part, like that, that broken part of the brain, like what? And that's what was happening. But and it took me years to get help. This was after Biggest Loser. Anyway, so real quick, I ended up gaining so much weight through our first couple of years of marriage continued to have, you know, losses, trying to get pregnant again, became becoming like super obsessed with that because that's when I was okay. That's when we were happy, wow. you know? Wow. And um, like probably like two years later, I heard a commercial for that Biggest Loser auditions were coming and I was like, that will do it. Like I could, I that could- will that. Me. That yes. will scare me. Yeah. And anyway, ended up, you know, yeah, telling my family and they're like, so you do know you have a problem because you like never talk about it, you know? And I'm like, apparently you guys know. If I don't yeah. talk about it, you still know, you know? So I ended up being for the show. How do you audition? You have to so, send in a tape? It was live auditions, actually. It was down at the KSL building in Salt Lake. And you can send in tapes. And then they went to like, I don't know, five or 10 cities or something and did live auditions. Oh. And Salt Lake City was one that they always went to because- there's a lot of obesity here, right? Especially among our faith. Like it's a, it's a drug of choice that is okay. It is, is accepted, right? Right, right. And so, so they always go to Salt Lake. Anyway, they saw like 1,500 people that day. Oh. And I was in, in like the like back end of that. And I was like, there's, <laughs> this is crazy. Yeah, anyway, yeah. They were like, by the time they saw me, it was like so fast. I was at a table of like, 20 people. It was super fast. And they only did 30 callbacks of those 1500. And they like ask you questions. Yeah. It was a super fast process. They asked us like our name, age and occupation. And I remember like making some sort of joke, like in between, like something. And then, and the guy looked at me and was like, okay. So, you know, cause you, you have to stand out without being obnoxious. Well, and like, here comes <laughs> funny Sarah from the past too. Like, this is my thing. This is what it, I do. It helped. Yeah. yeah. Like, you know, said something yeah. and 
anyway, and then they asked us our biggest like food weakness or something. And I, I said like, oh, anything fried or anything with sugar and fried sugar, like that, you know, yeah. you know something, I don't know, something. And they were like, okay, like just kind of like took notice. And then yeah. within an hour, got a call back. And then a few days later, went up to Park City into a hotel room and sat and like bore my soul, like let down walls that I had never talked about with anybody before. No so way. even the process itself was really, was really cool, you know, because yeah. I opened up and I was vulnerable and people accept me through it. And then I had to do a 30 minute video. And I, I mean, I knew I had to go big or go home. And so I ended up going in a pink, hot pink sports bra and tiny little booty shorts in my very overweight body in Provo, Utah amongst my peers and did in the snow and did Whoa. challenges, like approached strangers and had them give me challenges. And it was like, I mean, clearly shocking, you know, when yep. I would go up to people and they're like, Oh, <laughs> Hello. <laughs> like trying not to what look at you doing. Yeah. <laughs> what was the video? What did they say? Like they just said, make us a video about like be funny or your life, or what was the purpose? Like of the video? it was, it was, it was, you know, be entertaining. How much you want this? And like, oh you gosh. know, and it was, it was, it was challenging. And it was like the coolest thing that came from that was how many people were like, you go, girl, you know, like I'm like, wait, you're seeing all of me. Like you were yeah. seeing everything here. And yeah. I remember like trying to make the video before and my, I remember my husband like left the room, my sister and her friends came over and they were helping me make this video. And he was like, I'm out. And he left. And that night I went in and, and I'm like, you seem bugged. He's like, I'm sorry. I kind of am like, he's like, you're not being you like, Aww. he's like, do you want this? He's like, he's like, I think if you want to show them like you be vulnerable and you show like, what is the hardest thing? Like, what would you not want people to see? And I'm like, play my stomach. Like, I don't want anybody to know what's under here. He's like, then that's what you do, you know? And so that's what we did. Like, and it was, wow. it was so hard, but that was the, the start of opening myself up completely and having people love me still. And I'm like, what? Wow. You can see all of me and still accept me and still love me. And that, ended up bleeding into so much of the rest of, of, you know, to where I am now where like I'm struggling and, you know, now it's not physical. Like I, who cares yes. about that? But I can open up to all of the real stuff. Yes. We're like me too. Or I don't struggle with that, but thank you because I struggle with blah, blah or whatever, you know, and just being able to like connect and all of that has just been like such a gift. So oh my goodness. Okay, Sarah. So here's what we have to do because I have to go to my son's school, but <laughs> we have to talk about your IBF journey and we have to talk about everything on Biggest Loser in its own. Can we do a part two? Yes. I'm sorry. I'm oh like, gosh, are you no way? Sarah, this is honestly perfect. This is like uh, exactly what I want and what I love. Like I could honestly talk to you for hours and everything you're saying, <laughs> so like, you. you can't just, you can't rush it. And, and you know what I mean? Like, I don't yeah. want to be like, now hurry and tell me your journey and then end it. I want a full because that in and of itself. And then, like you said, you went back to some of your old ways after that. Yeah. And I gained we, everything back. We, so we, we have to talk about that because okay. I, and I want to talk about diet culture right now yes. because it's so, I mean, it's always been this way, but I feel like even more now, like 
with our bodies and and what we're eating and macros and gut things and yeah. it's like what are we supposed to be doing what is the right thing and how do we know and and then sometimes it's overwhelming and you don't do anything and we have to talk about that like as women yes. especially and bodies changing after kids and all of that stuff okay so we gotta do part two we're gonna do this Herbert, and I'm so excited to tell you about an amazing app that my whole family loves. It's called Our Turtle House, and it's full of literally thousands of hours of full-length talks, just like the old talk on CDs or talk on tapes, from some of your favorite Latter-day Saint speakers like John By the Way, Mick Johnson, Hank Smith, me, and a ton more. Plus, there's podcasts, firesides, devotionals, come follow me resources, and entertaining content your whole family will enjoy truly all in one little app and you can use promo code doing good all one word at checkout and you get a full month free so check it out and sign up at ourturtlehouse.com see you soon